The views expressed on The Pickleball Show are not necessarily those of the USAPA. The Pickleball Show is the official podcast of the USAPA dedicated to growing the sport of pickleball around the country. Show your support and become a USAPA member today. Visit USAPA.org. From Bainbridge Island to the Villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. Time out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. This is Gail Leach, author of The Art of Pickleball, and here's the host of The Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Thank you, Gail, and welcome to the show dedicated to helping you play better pickleball while having even more fun and meeting new friends who share your passion for this great sport. My name is Chris Allen, joining you today from Asheville, North Carolina. PickleballTournaments.com is what makes her the hardest working person in pickleball, whether she likes it or not. It's Melissa McCurley joining me again from her actual home, which is a nice place to be, isn't it, Melissa? Absolutely. Here in Surprise, Arizona. And I just don't like it, Chris. I love it. I love me some pickleball tournaments. So I'm happy to be here with you today. Boy, you can tell uh, when you're at a tournament that you are working, you can tell how much you love it because your enthusiasm and your attitude and everything, it sets the perfect tone for the day. The way you kick things off in the morning just couldn't be better. And it just fills the rest of the day with uh, with the pickleball love, as Dave Weinbach would say. That's right. Yeah, and we are joined again uh, this week by national singles champion, U.S. Open champion and nationals champion, Marcin Rospetsky. Marcin, glad to have you back on the show. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Melissa. It's it's great to be here again, and this is going to be my second time, so now I, I, I know what to do. See, now you're a pro. I got to answer correctly. Yeah, you're a seasoned <laughs> pro, and there are no wrong answers, but and we, and we should probably touch on the fact that your tennis background, I mean, you're you're more than just a high-level tennis player. Uh, you have quite a storied tennis career. Well, um, it's a good story. I'm I'm gonna go quick. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a good all-around all-American story. So I came to United States when I was 14 years of age. Uh, with literally a couple hundred dollars in my pocket with no English, with no parents. I landed in Miami airport and I tell the the taxi driver to take me to tennis academy. And uh, he didn't know any better. He took me to just a uh, couple of clay courts outside of Miami. And thank goodness this gentleman that owned the club said, uh, yeah, you, you can stay here and clean the courts and teach and this and that. And that's how I started my journey to the United States. Wow. Uh, from that point on, I was going from sponsor to sponsor, Polish family to Polish family. By the age of 16, I started playing uh, and training at Vandermeer Tennis Academy. And that's where my first ATP points started and, and played against Martina Navratilova and Grant Stafford from South Africa, uh, Amanda Kotzer from South Africa. So a lot of the top, top players in the world. And then at the age of 18, I won the Polish Nationals. I was number one in Poland in singles. I got up to about 250 in the world. I didn't play against, uh, you know, uh, Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi at that level because those tournaments were not that high of a level. But uh, I was able to practice against Pete Sampras at uh, UCLA. But I, I definitely tasted the tour, 
played Davis Cup for my country, for Poland, uh, 1994-95. And uh, when we went to Nigeria, I actually got sick. I had malaria. Ooh. So, yeah, I came back to Poland, and that's where I found out that I had malaria. I spent six months, excuse me, I spent three months in a hospital, and that's where my tennis, professional tennis career was over. Mm. But I realized that I still have enough potential to go to a four-year school here in the United States. The only problem was I didn't have a high school diploma, so I had to go to junior college first. So I found a uh, very high level of tennis team, junior college in Palm Desert, California. And that's how I started my journey in Southern California. So I played two years for College of the Desert, and then I transferred to UCLA. And I um, finished UCLA, and, and that's how I ended up in Palm Desert area. So hopefully it wasn't too boring, but that's Not pretty much it. Not at all. No, it's so interesting. And it's just amazing the different paths in life. You just never know. Yeah, you know, I, I always tell people that I live the American dream. People trusted me, and they believed in me, and, and here I am. I feel like I'm on top of the world. I have a great family, great kids, great wife, unbelievable work. This last year was incredible for me between my professional work and, and, and pickleball with so many different tournaments that I won and things like that. So it's incredible. I, I absolutely love it. And little did you know that you'd wind up on this month's cover of Pickleball Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yes, it was. it's humbling. It's fantastic. My paddle looks great on me. Uh, <laughs> Your engaged paddle that's right there and it's on, on the cover as well. And uh, yeah, that's uh, now this is a paddle that, uh, that you have uh, helped design along with Robert Elliott of Engage Pickleball? Correct. So um, obviously coming from tennis background, I, I love to swing that equipment, whatever I have in my hand, pretty fast. And, and uh, if I do swing, if I'm able to swing uh, my paddle fast, I'm able to spin the ball and control the ball however I want it. So we design it so it obviously goes through the air much faster, the way I like it. And then on top of that, uh, there is just perfect amount of roughness on the skin mm-hmm. um, so that I'm able to spin the ball and trust that paddle, trust the ball, therefore trust my shots. And then it's up to me if, if I have enough skill to execute the shot that I want. And and it's working. And then the relationship between Engage uh, and, and Robert and Jody Elliott is incredible. Yeah, they're great. I just spent five days over there in Florida with them. And what a great family and, and what a great company. And, and I am proud to represent them. Now, what makes your paddle different? Now, would you consider, I guess it falls into the category of being an oblong paddle? Correct, yes. Yeah. So the shape is allowing me to, to go through the air faster. And mm-hmm. then the skin itself is a little bit harder, firmer skin. Therefore, it gives me a lot more power than other softer materials. I have no muscles at all in my forearms. So therefore, I need <laughs> any help that I can <laughs> from the paddle. <laughs> and that is named after you. It is the Engage Rosbetsky. And uh, we'll link to it in the show notes. And you can see the paddle for yourself and give it 
it a try, take it for a spin and see what you think of it. And But I've got the feeling that uh, you're one of those guys, Marson, that uh, somebody could hand you a, an old frying pan and you'd be able to beat me with it uh, on the pickleball court. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, the equipment, it does make a difference, but uh, it's what you know, the skills in your head make all the difference or, or, or the majority of the difference, it seems like. And I wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, how do you approach the game when you look at pickleball, you step onto the court, are you looking for angles? Are you looking for power? Is it a, What's the combination that uh, when you have it all dialed in, what works best for you? No, that's a great question, actually, because I, I look for weaknesses in my opponent right away. I know my strength and I know my game. Mm-hmm. I know my skill level. So therefore, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about what my opponent's weakness is. Once I find that weakness, you know, in that high, high level, it's not even a forehand or backhand anymore. Everybody's got a great backhand. Everybody's got a great forehand. Everybody moves well. But uh, simple as, do they like the deep serve? Do they like the high ball? Do they like slice to their backhand? Do they, um, all kinds of different things. Basically, I'm poking holes in their game. And if there is something that it feels a little bit weaker and it feels like I can, I got maybe a couple of points, now I just smell the blood, Chris, and and, and, <laughs> and and here it is, and I'm charging full on to that weakness. You want to exploit that weakness for all, all you can uh, squeeze out of it. Correct, because that might be a very slim open for me. Most likely it is very slim, you know, uh, against Tyson and Daniel and Kyle. I mean, these guys are young and fast and athletic and skillful and talented, so there's got to be something that I can them with. Mm-hmm. I do have a big competitive side in me, absolutely, and, and I would rather be there for 10 hours and grind them down, but that <laughs> yeah. only will take me to a certain point. I still need to find a way to beat them a different way. Is there something in common that you found, like this is generally how I'm going to approach or defeat somebody that's younger than I am, that has fresh legs, young legs, that can run things down? Are there some common things that maybe we could use, you know, not at your level, but just uh, in general when we play somebody younger than, than we are? Absolutely. So let me let me talk singles because I feel like I uh, a little bit more specializing in singles. So, um, you know, what I see is that the majority of people, the mass public, don't come to the net at the level of 3 five, four, oh, the higher the level, the more people come to the net, and that's important to come to the net. So, uh, why? Well, when you do come to the net, you're making this court even smaller to, for your opponent. Therefore, it's very difficult for them to pass you because that court is so much smaller. Mm-hmm. I see so many 4-0s and 3-5s just grind from the baseline, and just that's unfortunately incorrect. I also know that they are worried that when they do come to their net, they worry about missing a volley. Well, so we need to, they need to focus on working on a lot more volleying game and, and the, the, the net game rather than just the baseline ground strokes. Mm-hmm. Um, so tips that I would give to, to the public is, number one, work on your net game. Number two, come into the net so therefore you make your opponent hit much tougher shots. And in the long run, that's lower percentage. So coming to the net is definitely a key. 
Would you rather? Would you rather come to the net on? Because we we're talking about this a few weeks ago. I feel like a lot of people, kind of in that three-five to four-five range, uh, that we take too long to evaluate our third shot. That we're we're you know standing there going, oh, it's pretty good. I think I can come in, and by that time, it's you know, the opportunity's already gone. Right. Yeah. Um, do you kind of advocate just kind of go if you think if you think it's good enough, just go. Just go, you know, and quit trying to make the perfect shot and uh, figure out if it's just right. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Uh, I'm in. If you hit a poor shot, you're going to lose this point 90% of the time anyway. Mm-hmm. So you might, as, you might as well come in and, and, again, put that much pressure on them. Doesn't matter, singles or doubles. Yeah. In fact, you do hit a, a good third ball. When you do come in, it's going to be that much tougher for them to do something with that ball anyway. So we all know that this game is won at the net uh, around the non-volley zone line. So therefore, try to get yourself most comfortable around that, that line as much as possible. I agree with you, yes. Because I, I feel like I, I do that too. I've been trying to tell myself lately to pretend that the the ball, you know th- those paddle ball games, you don't see them that much anymore, but there's a ball attached, uh, like a rubber band attached to the paddle and the ball is, and you, you, yes. you go uh, do it over and over and over again. But I try to tell myself, you know, the ball is attached to the paddle and right when that ball comes off your paddle, it's pulling you toward the net and just get going don't stand there and try to evaluate just pretend that that ball is tugging you in toward the net and that's that's helped me a little bit uh to just get off the line no, get off that absolutely I, I agree with that uh let's make sure that when we do come we split step right so when your opponent hits the ball we have to stop we mm-hmm. have to split step don't just rush through yeah. run in and then all of a sudden you are you're running through your shots and then you're off balance. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's my second favorite shot, yeah, is to run through it. Like, <laughs> I need to work on I'm that. I'm sure one. you look good with it. Oh, man, yeah, it looks good right up until I go into the net. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I keep because I keep telling myself, oh, I know this isn't the right way to do it, but I'm just going to do it this one time. And next time I swear I'll split step and do it right. But right now I'm just going to get up to the line. I'm just going to hit on the run and it'll work out okay. And it never does. So you and I actually, we have the same thoughts. I I think the same way. (laughs) Well, that's good to know we have at least one thing in common. Well, I think that there's there's so much more good advice uh, that that you could give us, Marson. And I would love to continue this on a future episode of the pickleball show because uh, you're great to talk with and uh, and I know that there's just a, a fountain of uh, of pickleball wisdom uh, to uh, be had there so I hope you'll join us again oh I would love to absolutely you know this this game I'm still learning uh, I'm still trying to be a student of the game and and a doubles and a mixed doubles is incredible and singles as well you know I'm going to these tournaments and and, and learning and from the best and I'm watching and hopefully this knowledge that I have I can spread around um, through your show and through whatever I'm doing around the country. But it's an incredible game, fantastic competition. And, you know, the, the best thing is the people around this game. I was trying to compare the crowd between pickleball and tennis. And, oh, my gosh, I mean, I have never met nicest people around this game yeah. uh, ever in my life. It's incredible. It's fantastic. It makes it 
makes this game that much more fun and, and I'm sure successful. And again, we will link to your paddle, the Engage Rosbetsky, which you can check out at engagepickleball.com. And uh, easy to recognize, boy, that uh, that bright red paddle uh, looks great on the court. Is it going to come in other colors than the, than the red, or are you going to stick with the red for now? Yes, absolutely. My wife wants it in purple and in lavender, so it's definitely coming in purple and lavender for all the ladies. And then my son Christian, uh, he wanted black and silver, so it's going to come in black and silver as well. And maybe Jody Elliott will put a little bling on some of the paddles uh, for the ladies. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, sounds good. We'll link to that in the show notes, and you can check out that uh, new paddle named after our guest today, Marcin Rospedsky. Look forward to talking to you again, Marcin. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, we will see you guys soon. So what are your thoughts about what we discussed today? We'd love to hear from you. Email us anytime. Mail at pickleballshow.com. That's mail at pickleballshow.com. That's where you can find us on the internet too, pickleballshow.com. We're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash pickleballshow, uh, twitter.com slash, wait for it, Pickleball show. <laughs> we make it easy for you. And we'd love to hear from you anytime on any of those places. Also, head over to iTunes if you get a chance. Hit the subscribe button, which means you'll never miss an episode. Plus, if you feel it's appropriate, leave us a five-star review, which helps boost us up in the rankings, makes it a lot easier for other pickleball players to find this show. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show was brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.